0: Hi, you're listening to the Talking Tough podcast, brought to you by Dr. Martins and hosted by me, Georgia Moo, a model and a presenter from London. Over the past year, we've had to be tougher than ever. So we're back again to discuss stories of resilience with our guests. Covering important topics such as the politics of gender and Black Lives Matter, we explore how our guests have got through tumultuous times. Hope you enjoy. Today's guest on Talking Tough is known for some small achievements such as changing Instagram's nudity policy. It's Naomi Nicholas-Williams. Naomi is a model and influencer who campaigned tirelessly to challenge censorship on social media alongside Gina Martin and Alex Cameron. You might have seen her recently on your newsstands, gracing the cover of Glamour magazine, or online on her Instagram account, Be Who You Deserve, which promotes body positivity and mental well-being. So Naomi, welcome to Talking Tough. So I wanted to talk first about uh, your relationship with your body and what that was like growing up.
1: Yeah, sure. It's so weird. I was talking to my mum about it this morning. um, And I was just like, when I was in primary school, I didn't have any like bodily issues not that I had well I don't have any now but obviously I did but primary school growing up was absolutely fine it was when I hit secondary school so now I was like aware that I was like taller and like broader um than everyone else and me being broad I equated that to being big um so I thought that if I lost weight I'd appear shorter which is wild because that doesn't make any sense (laughs) so it was school um I was bullied at school school was secondary school was a very traumatic time so that's when I um, I started um, having issues with my body um, and had an eating disorder where I just would eat the bare minimum and I lost so much weight um, between the ages of I'd say 15 and like 19 um, and starting college so that was tough.
0: Being a teenager is so rough like I yeah. say this all the time but it is being a teenager is really really harsh and um, yeah. it's really tricky when you feel different through no fault of your own um yes but you are trying so desperately to um to try and fit a mold that just isn't applicable to you um so you obviously in bullying I'm assuming you were made quite aware that you were
1: quote unquote different um To be fair, it wasn't. It was one of those things where I was bullied about like my height and other things. No one bullied me about my weight because the thing is, I was like a size twelve. I was tiny when I was in school. I wasn't like the size that I am now. Um, so it was me taking on what people were saying to me and then harming myself by not eating and literally on the scale of being anorexic.
0: Yeah. So the weight stuff was more of like a subconscious, yeah, um, kind of internal manifestation. I mean, it's also, I guess, subconsciously, even, so maybe people weren't saying it to you directly, but I guess the society implied
1: quite heavily that yes. weight was something to be very conscious of. Yeah, because you are, like, aware, socially, because I wanted to be I wanted to a fashion designer, and I never saw anyone that looked like me in fashion magazines. So, exactly, it was, like, no one that looked like me in regards to my skin colour, no one that looked like me in regards to the weight that I was. Um, and it was, like, okay, well... There's no one that looks like me, so clearly what I'm doing is not is wrong or how I look, and then obviously it all plays a part because you're very into, like, media. And like when you're young, you kind of just, like, watch music videos and you, you're you into fashion and you don't see anyone that looks like you. And I feel like it all plays a part in, like, kind of shaping how we see ourselves, you know, internally.
0: Definitely. I think um, that's kind of, yeah, I guess that's part of the argument for representation is that if you can't see yourself um, than how you meant to aspire or ever feel comfortable in these spaces. Um, yeah. um, and especially, like you said, in media and, uh, fashion and music and like growing up again, they're such huge influences and they're kind of seen as like the height of what you should aspire to, to be in. And yeah. it almost forms silently kind of forms a club that you can't be a part of because you mm-hmm. can't see yourself in it. Yeah. Uh, it's just very it it's very exclusive um and that's really damaging um so you touched on as well your skin color, and I was wondering if um you could talk about the intersection between being a black woman and being plus size. I think
1: it's difficult um sometimes because I think being plus size or fat, whichever one you turn you on use, I don't mind either word. They bother other people more than they bother me. Um I think when you are plus size, you're always re- already deemed as like people have this like fear of like fat and like fat phobic like thoughts and subconsciously whether they know it, people will say things and project. So I think it's hard already being plus size. And when you're black and plus size, it kind of it's like another it's like another layer like being a model um before being signed. I literally was networking for ages i applied for agencies oh, for literally like two years and think any responses back and it can be quite um well what's wrong with me and when i started um modeling i did feel like that um and i don't put everything down to me being black and plus size, but i know a lot of it is um so i think it's an added struggle on but it's never going to stop me from like obtaining my goals because it's not stopping me now so it is an obstacle but it's not an obstacle that's ever going to stop me from like winning and achieving what I'm achieving and what I have managed to achieve
0: it's one that can definitely be overcome but you're overcoming more than what other people within the industry might have to and that can be like I can only imagine that is also quite maybe frustrating when you're in certain rooms and, and and people aren't understanding that how is that for you
1: it's not not understanding i think for me it's just more of like the underhanded comments made and stuff like i'm a human like we're all human we're all very different and our differences make us what i think make us special and um and us being a part of this world means that we're like worthy of respect and that's what i think some people forget that you know even comments in passing can sometimes cut if you're not being aware and you're not aware that you have a privilege (laughs)
0: to uh, move on to talk a bit about um censorship when did this uh, when did the issue of censorship come about for you um,
1: last year july actually because prior to that i hadn't been censored on any platform ever so when it happened last year um july it really threw me because it hadn't happened before and I, I didn't understand why it was these pictures in particular that there was an issue with it just didn't make sense to me
0: for anyone who hasn't seen the picture, would you mind just kind of uh, describing the, the premise of it?
1: Well, there's quite a few because they took down about three of mine. But the oh, they really of, went to town. They yeah, <laughs> they just took them all down. They were like, nope, not one. All three. I posted three and they all came down. But yeah, so basically um, I'm in um, Alex's lovely garage and I'm, I'm nude on the top and I'm covering my breasts and I'm sat to the side and I've got cycling shorts on. So I'm not actually nude and I'm sat on a stool. And we just wanted to capture like the... Um, essence of like me being comfortable with myself. And yeah, the picture was, was really lovely and I liked it. But you know, Instagram didn't, thoroughly. <laughs> so yeah.
0: So it was in July, which was obviously last July. So July 2020 was July 2020, um, yes. quite a heavy period for everyone involved. Yes. Um, was that quite overwhelming for you to kind of be going through? Quite a few separate
1: battles that also all intertwined. Yeah, it was like prior to that, I was kind of struggling. Lockdown, the first lockdown was really hard because I wasn't able to, to model and work at all. It happened. Um, we got the pictures, and I was so excited about the pictures. <laughs> posted them, they came down, and it was like, what is happening? What is going on? um Initially, I was just like, I don't have the capacity to do this. Like, I'm very, very, very tired. <laughs> like, the world's in lockdown. we just come out. Everything literally felt like a lot. It was a lot. It was very overwhelming. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah it was i yeah that that brief stint in summer that almost felt a oh. bit like a weird mirage like yeah. Yeah, i don't even like did it happen did it not a couple it, of days yeah yeah exactly and like you said um especially for creatives in the first lockdown not being able to work and then i can imagine that would build up such a kind of level of excitement for when something does come out and you're able yeah. to share it and that almost then heightens uh the impact of it being taken down and off the back of that, how did you uh, start the campaign?
1: I mean, I always maintain it. It wasn't me. It wasn't just me alone. Like, I and I just I'm very aware that it was it's, it's, it was Gina Alex and myself, and it was Gina that started the hashtag, and I will give her her praise and her props. But so Gina started the hashtag because Alex asked her for, you know, can you just try and post this picture because it's coming down, and Gina was like, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> so we're gonna start a hashtag called I want to see Naomi. And we didn't realize how big it was going to be at all. We literally just wanted to we wanted to kind of understand why it was happening and just to kind of hold Instagram to an account or to account.
0: I mean, that must have felt so personal as well, and especially as in comparison to some other, uh, pictures online that also share nudity. It's, it's like, where's the difference in the framing? Um, yeah. Can you talk a bit about that and the kind of, uh, comparison element to yeah, other images available online, which also
1: feature nudity, but aren't taken down? Yeah. I mean, I hate comparison. I always say comparison is a piece of joy, but in this situation you have to compare because it's like, it's so evident. Um, I just didn't understand why I, I'm not gonna name anybody, but there's literally people on the platform who are literally naked with like a leaf covering like their vagina um, and their their boobs are out. And those images are still up. I don't know if it's optics about the amount of followers they have, it usually is, but I just, and it and I most of these images are white women who are slim um, and they're fully naked, but they're able to stay out. But me being black and plus size, Wearing shorts, not being naked, covering every single bit of my body was an issue. That was just like, wow, it, how much more evident could it be? This is so in our faces and people, some people still don't understand why it was. Because I got a lot of um, support, but I also got a lot of people saying, well, why does anyone have to be naked? But it's okay for some people to be naked if you find them attractive or if you deem them as to be unacceptable. And that's not allowed. That shouldn't be allowed. So that was... Something that I felt so strongly about, trying to like protest.
0: I think that um, what I kind of get from that is that it wasn't you who made the comparison; the comparison was made against you. I think sometimes, especially in cases like this, you you need a blatant comparison and like I said yes. not to anyone personally but just mm-hmm. even more to the demographics or to speaking to what is palatable or oh, the system that's exactly what it is I the think the system. system call it what it is it's not it, this isn't um because if you're not censoring everyone then the issue isn't nudity like the issue is like you said your flat um flat phobia <laughs> your fat <laughs> phobia and yeah. your anti-blackness
1: so just yes. kind
0: of call it what it is
1: um, yeah call space, yeah. space. that's exactly. that's what I was really um when I spoke to Instagram I literally was like they apologized and stuff and I was like okay great thank you amazing my picture should have come down because they told me that that's cool but what I didn't what I wanted was just to, to transparency that I feel was the most like important thing and I think it's just that conversation needs to be had about are we really being transparent here or are we just saying things so that we can kind of cover our backs you know and that's in like that's with a like a plethora of things as well, not just regarding Instagram, but like brands too.
0: I find it interesting when you spoke to Instagram. Did they have any comment about? Um, well, because obviously it's a lot of talk about yeah algorithms and kind of more scientific and stats and like you said, like follow account um, and engagement maybe. Mm. But obviously these are also quite um, personal, emotional, and like socio political issues. Did they have any? Any reasoning as to how that did kind of transfer into their guidelines?
1: No, it wasn't very. It wasn't very emotional. It was all very technical. So the reason why it came down is because there was a, a breach of it, to them that uh, it was it was breast grabbing. So that I was being sex sexually explicit when I wasn't, obviously, which is why the guideline has changed around um, boob cupping, and you know you can like now. Um, cover your boob but you can't hold your boobs so there can be no indentations of your fingers holding your boobs and then we had to discuss that when you're when you've got bigger boobs you're a bigger person there's more skin to hold or more boob to hold so it's very technical and it all was very like technical there was no like emotion in it it was very much this is how the algorithm works I'm still like okay still trying to understand it but I do know what we changed was such a small thing in a big machine obviously there's so much more uh, work to be done surrounding you know, it and we're still trying to do some stuff but what we were asking is why the tech was made in this way in the first place because clearly it's made to um house and to show a certain caliber of person
0: um so i wanted to talk obviously you've mentioned a couple of names like um it was Alex, the photographer, and Gina. Alex Cameron, yeah. And yeah, Gina Martin, and yeah. I think, well, she's obviously very well versed in uh, campaigning and especially yeah. like and, and law changing, and is very inspiring um, in that kind of well in all aspects. But yeah, she that is really kind of her niche, and yeah, she's really great at that. Um, I was wondering if you could talk even a bit more about um, the sense of community that you had within this movement um, because obviously, like you said, it wasn't a one woman thing
1: yeah sure the support I got from like the plus size community and like black women I'll start there that was amazing because I felt like not that I'm I'm not a voice for anyone but myself but I just try and maybe like be a vessel to kind of be able to talk to you know talk to some of the things that happen that some of the black women that I know that follow me or that plus size have told me about um to kind of make it known and speak and tell some of their stories through me because I'm also living it um, so the, the the community and the, the support I felt from from my community was amazing. And for Alex and Gina to take on to take it on, Alex as well. Um, it obviously, is a picture, so she's obviously frustrated that it came down to her to jump on and be like, "Yep, yeah, we're going to fight this." And so for Gina to take it on pro bono and to like put her privilege aside as a slim white woman and be like, "Yep, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to help. What do you need?" Um, that takes so much, like energy from her and I know that white women and white people should be like giving away their privilege because when you have it you, you should give it away and that's what I believe um if you can help um and that's what she did and I know we've had discussion myself and her she's like you don't need to thank me this is what I should be doing and what I want to do and I need to kind of say that when women in general come together because we are different races but we came together and made a change that's what I think is so important that we kind of were like, okay, we, I can see this is wrong. So they could they could see that it was wrong. So it was, I get emotional thinking about it because she didn't have to do that. And the whole thing was very, very difficult, but we support each other so much. And then the when we did our open letter, the 18 activists that signed the letter and put their name to our cause, um, even if they didn't understand or weren't or couldn't, you know, understand what my struggle is as a plus size black woman they still were like yep I'm going to jump on board and do it so the support was just like yeah something else
0: well I think it's really amazing that um obviously for plus size black women you said you got loads of support and that's also probably because uh you uh like you said you're not the the voice of everyone but um mm-hmm there was probably a sense of, um, relatability, but then also, like you said, it's so nice that you then gain the support of people who maybe aren't within your particular intersection. Like, I of think course. it's really important that, like you said, when they, when women come together or any groups who can kind of relate on some level, it's, mm. it's very important then that that you can kind of take that and and run with that as a positive. Um, because I think oftentimes it can feel like there's a lot of like pitting, against, against the, yeah, yeah and um, then it's also like you said sharing of privilege as well and understanding that okay cool i might relate to you on one level but i understand i have a privilege on many other levels um yeah. and that's then something that you can pass on and utilize and uh kind of can bypass the 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 differences you know yeah, um and work together and make a difference um but i wanted to ask how was your how was your relationship with social media now
1: i mean I feel like I'm protected on there because they can't actually take anything down. Cause I know that I'll just like mouth off again <laughs> and make a change. Another one No, but I think I spend less time on there just for my own um, sanity. Like I make sure person for me personally, that I'm only on there a certain, certain hours a day. Obviously, my job, um, with modeling jobs. Sometimes I have to be on there to post with, um, for brands and stuff. So I, I will make sure that I'm on there for that. But I won't be like, like scrolling or, you know, I really, I do have to think about what I post now, just because I'm hyper aware of, not that I feel like I'd be censored again, because they could censor me, but I highly doubt it. I'm just more mindful of what I post, which I shouldn't have to be, but I am, you know. I
0: wanted to move on because you spoke a bit about it earlier but um to talk a bit more about mental health sure um, and I wanted to ask you how has your mental health been over the last year and did the censorship campaign take a toll on your mental health
1: yes <laughs> it did take a toll on my mental health in a short in a short um term in a short sentence yes it did um I've I'm seeing a therapist, thank God. i have seen my therapist. And she really helped me through um the campaign and censorship and being a lockdown and then not working. It was a lot. But having her help me for it was was great. And then my friend Sydney and I, we started Be Who You Deserve. That's my mental health page, by the way. Anyone who wants to know or follow on Instagram. We um started it. Sid um lives in Florida and she's a trained um therapist. Um, she's licensed and trained and she said why don't we start a page and like to give people like their healthy coping skills and you know that helplines anything that they need like it's a space for everyone so I think therapy helped a lot and having our mental health page helped um as well to have that space
0: yeah because I think people often don't talk enough about the link between like being part of a minority or being facing discrimination and the the link to mental illness um
1: yeah. and yeah I think it's helpful because it, it can it's the, the thing is I think mental health is for everyone so it's a platform that is there to help everyone but I obviously want to help black people and black plus-size women who do struggle and who you know need time to just like see a space where it's like safe and it's you know after like because I don't, I think people understand how like difficult it is or, you know, white people understand how difficult it is when we're like constantly like talking about racism that we face or like fatphobia and through it, conversations around it take so much energy and take, it takes so much like, mental like draining and willpower to keep talking about the same things ever again, only not to be heard. So I think it's important that we did it ages ago, but it's been like really helpful now, I'd say, more so than ever.
0: I wanted to ask about um self-acceptance and what advice you would give to someone who is maybe maybe struggling with self-acceptance.
1: I always say be patient. I think patience, that's like the word of my life and I have no patience, but I'm I'm slowly learning it that maybe I do have some because I've got to this point and it took patience and a lot of hard work. So I'd say just be patient with yourself and like constantly just like be present like where you are. Like if you're not in a place of like accepting yourself yet, like don't panic that you're not there yet. Like just kind of be aware that it will come. Just be there for yourself and just find out what you need. Because I feel like once I found out what I needed and centered myself, rather than thinking about what everyone else wanted of me or what I could give to them that's when things change for me and just like take time like it's literally a marathon so you know like everything else that we like learn um in life you're learning to accept who you are that will take time too I've had to like learn to like love myself um in however like my body is whichever like size I am this is who I am and I've you know I know that I'm healthy I know that I'm taking care of myself, <clears throat> mentally, physically, emotionally, all of the above, because I ooh, I think they're a marriage. So, patience.
0: <laughs> what tough topics do you think need to be discussed
1: or continue to be discussed? I think the discussion surrounding, obviously, um plus-size bodies being given like being accounted for and given more of a space and a platform within like fashion and media in general um and also how like racism ties into that and like racism as a whole I feel like black voices need to be listened to when it comes to racism and um not just when something happens to someone who is not black that things finally kind of click into place for everyone I think that our voices need to be heard because we're speaking because of experiences you know it's not out of anything else but experiences and wanting change so i think that our voices need to kind of be amplified um even before something else happens the awareness needs to be heightened at all times for everybody that it happens to you know i think that the conversations need to be ongoing or we're not going to get anywhere This this whole thing of Th- this terrible thing has happened to someone or these people or that person has, you know, something awful has happened. Now we must talk about it. No, it needs to be a consistent conversation all the time. Even if it gets uncomfortable, like even if it's tiring, because black people get tired all the time. I'm tired now. <laughs> but think, yeah.
0: Yeah. The idea of um, preventative versus yeah. like reactive, um, mm-hmm. the yes, balance is one. very off it's skewed then. it's just yeah. it's very like yeah very skewed mm-hmm. um and to wrap it up I just wanted to ask uh anything exciting coming up um what do we have
1: to look forward to many many things that I can't say because I've signed NDAs but um I'm doing I'm doing a project with Emma Bresky. um I don't know if everyone knows Emma but she's incredible she's a model and an activist and just a, a beautiful human being um and we're working on something that should be coming sort of soon. There's no date on it, but just have a, keep a lookout and the ear out and everything. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and where can people find you? You can find me on socials under at Naomi. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for this conversation. And I can't wait to see what you have coming up. And pleasure. I feel like we've forged a friendship now.